0: We acknowledge that Spruce Grove Public Library sits on Treaty 6 territory and expresses gratitude and respect for the land we use with the pledge that this organization will actively work to end systematic racism, continue to participate in truth and reconciliation, and partner with our neighbors' First Nations, Alexander Cree, Alexis nakoda
1: Sioux, Enoch Cree, and Paul, to improve Indigenous programming, services, and resources in our community. We are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at behindthestacks@sgpl.ca. at sgpl.ca. Hello everyone, welcome to Behind the Stacks. We're back again. Very sorry for the big gap in episodes. I know it's been a while, there's been lots going on both in the library, outside, but we are back with a brand new episode. We will do our best to stay consistent and as on track as we can, because you know how we like to ramble on on this show. So welcome back everyone. This is a bit of a shorter episode, it's just me today, Simone. Courtney is getting ready for the summer and a million and one programs and events that she's organizing. I swear that girl never sleeps. She's amazing. So we are going to be talking about what's happening at the library. I'll be sharing a couple of books and movies that I've recently read, a few things that have happened in the past couple of months. And then we have a very special interview. We have a local author who's come in to talk about their book. But first of all, housekeeping. All right, let's see. Well, we just had our book sale this past weekend, and it was a very big success, so thank you to everyone who came out. We raised over $2,000. That's just incredible. Thank you to all you wonderful library supporters. We had our Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago. Again, that was a big success, thanks to our amazing patrons. We had some wonderful guests, um, special effects with Ben ED had a K-pop dance, costumes free comics. So many awesome things. It was a busy, crazy, wonderful day. We are already planning for next year. Let's look at what we have coming up. Well, first of all, we have a new website. It's still sgpl.ca, but it's been redesigned. I think it looks really great. A lot easier to navigate. Family story time is happening tomorrow at 10.30. That's with Sarah, who reads stories, sings songs, and even has a dance party at the end of each storytime. It's it's the place to be. If you're cool, you want to come to the storytime dance party. Tech Bowl is on Thursdays and Saturdays, so you can come and see Stuart and play on the Xbox, PlayStation, iPads, Osmos, Spheros, Legos, so many O's, along with puzzles, games, and Stuart got some new tech in there recently, so definitely want to come to the Tech Bowl and check out all the cool things. On Fridays at 3pm, it's the Teen Takeover. Spend time with friends and enjoy awesome themed activities weekly. The library will be closed on the 22nd for Victoria Day. We will be reopened on Tuesday the 23rd at 10am as usual. This Saturday we have the Minecraft Mania. So if you're a Minecraft fan, that is a must. Friday the 26th is our Nerf Battle Royale. I believe registration is full for that, but there is a waiting list. So put your name down for that, because you never know. It's a lot of fun just shooting nerf guns in the library. What more could you ask for? On Saturday the 27th, Dungeons & Dragons. Come to the library and join in on the action and adventure as we play our way through another story of Dungeons & Dragons. This is for all ages, recommended for 13+, plus, but... If you're a younger player and you want to give it a try, then please give us a call and we should be able to get you a seat at the table. I will mention this in our next episode, but registration for the Summer Reading Programme opens on Tuesday, the 13th of June. And if you want to see all the cool stuff that's happening for Summer Reading Club 2023, just visit sgpl.ca, go to Programs and Events, and right under Programs, second one down, Summer Reading Club. That will give you all the info and all the cool stuff that our summer reading team is putting together as we speak. I think it's going to be our best one yet. What's happening in Spruce Grove? The Alberta Provincial General Election is coming up on May 29th. We have a display at the library with information on how to vote and on the candidates. And you can also go to www.elections.ab.ca for even more information on the election. Find out where to vote, how to vote, information on the candidates, voting options. The fire ban for the city of Spruce Grove is still in effect. Open burning of any type is not allowed, including backyard fire pits. You can go to sprucegrove.org for more information. The city is conducting a census from April 17th to June 16th, so you should have got a secure access code card. But if you didn't, you can call 780-962-7615 or email census at sprucegrove.org. And you have until June 9th to complete your census. Exciting news for upcoming Canada Day. The city of Spruce Grove is proud to support the creation of public art throughout the community. Several murals have been completed in recent years. They are now calling for artists for Canada Day's live mural painting. The city invites artists, individuals or groups to submit a proposal for a live mural painting as part of the city's 2023 Canada Day event. The mural will be painted on a sea can and will be completed on site during celebrations at Jubilee Park on July 1st, 2023. The call is open to any Canadian artists aged 18 or older. Individuals, artist groups and collectives are encouraged to apply. Applications open Friday May 5th and close on Saturday, June 11th. So to sign up for this live mural painting event, go to sprucegrove.org, community, and under Experience Spruce Grove, click on Arts and Culture, and you'll find all the information to register. Whatcha reading? Or watching, or listening, or playing. Okay, so just a quick whatcha reading for this episode, because as I say, it's just me. Now this first book I found on our in-house cart, it's called The Nest by Kenneth Oppel. And this was so good. It's about a boy whose parents are expecting a second child. The young man in the book, he keeps having very intense dreams every night about wasps. And the queen wasp talks to him in the dream. And at first he thinks, you know, it's just his imagination. But the way they communicate, the wasp knows so much about him, about what's going on in his life. And he realizes that he actually is communicating with her telepathically and the rest of the hive. And at first, it's quite magical. He's inside the hive, seeing all the drones making the tunnels and beautiful light everywhere. You think, oh, this is kind of like a fairy tale or something. But then it takes a very dark turn. And I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I was not expecting what happened. This book had so many twists. And it's in our junior collection. But I think adult fans of thrillers would enjoy this just as much. I read it in a day because like I said, it's quite short, and I would highly recommend it. Now, on to our main topic for this episode. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And of course, this is such an important topic all year. It's highlighted in May. You break the stigma of mental health, that it's just as common and just as important to look after as your physical health, and that it can affect anyone. And there needs to be more support for those experiencing mental health problems, for those supporting them. I'm quite open about having been diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was around 18. So that's a hundred years ago. No, um, I'm 45 now. So over the years, I've done a lot of learning and research and just living <laughs> with those conditions. Sometimes they've definitely been a lot harder than others, but I've built up a very amazing support network with family and friends. Like I say, been very open about it because it's not shameful, it's just something that happens, just like any other illness. And for this episode, we have a very special guest who is here to talk about their book, To the Edge and Back, a memoir of mental illness. To the Edge and Back follows the mental health journey of a young woman learning to live with bipolar disorder. Danielle experiences two psychotic breaks. The first happens while backpacking through Europe Second occurs two weeks after giving birth. The story about overcoming adversity will entertain readers and bring hope to others who may be struggling. She's a local author, and we are thrilled to have her with us today. Please welcome Danielle Fry.
0: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, as a, a Thank you. I have a little gift for you. Oh my you. goodness. Tell tell what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I can't see. It's It's a pack of Yorkshire gold tea. Thank you so much. you're welcome. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have a cup of tea after this, and you're more than welcome to have one as well. Oh, great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Let's start with your amazing book. I've read it. I loved it. Oh, thanks, Mom. Um. (laughs) My wife read it. She loved it too. What's kind of the story?
0: Yes, so it is a memoir, um, and it details... Um, my life, uh, not my entire life, just mainly my focus with mental illness and um, my struggles with bipolar disorder. Some of the most challenging times in my life are in this book for everyone to read. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a hopeful book. It's a hopeful story. It's also, you know, on a serious topic.
1: When did you first realize, first think that you wanted to be a writer or, or write a book about your experience?
0: So about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, when I first started developing mental health issues. It was during an episode where I had the desire to write a book. And of course, I was really ill at the time. And I wasn't able to see that, that dream come to, to come to life. But it kind of planted the seed that, yes, I want to be a writer someday. I want to have people hear what I have to say. So it, I guess it started for me about 10 years ago. How did you start the journey of writing this book? So I guess it was following my second uh, episode. When I say episode, I mean like a medical episode, an emergency episode Mm -hmm. where I was hospitalized and treated. So it was following my second episode that during my recovery, one of my supports in my life suggested that I write about the experience that I had just been through. And I had some free time free from work. I was actually on maternity leave at the time. So I was able to, you know, just start that that long awaited goal of mine. Yeah, the the end result was this little book that I put together. So
1: when you started, did it kind of start to come naturally? Yeah, I mean, it was
0: very therapeutic to write. Yeah, it did come naturally, because I felt like the story I had been carrying it with me for so many years basically from the time that I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder to the time that I experienced my second episode almost 10 years after my diagnosis. So I'd always carried that story with me and was looking for an opportunity to share it with others. So the timing just kind of felt right. And yeah, I was able to to share it with everyone. What's your writing process like? So my writing process, um, I mentioned that I was on maternity leave when I wrote the book. So the writing process for me... I really, I had to carve out time for myself, usually little chunks, maybe like an hour to three hours of time at a time. And I would mainly write at night after my daughter had gone to sleep. <laughs> so I was really fortunate that my daughter, she started sleeping through the night at a very early age. So I actually did have a good chunk of time after she went to bed that I could just write. And I ended up, most of the novel, I ended up writing in a chair in my bedroom, in the dark, overlooking her her bassinet. So that was my process, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So when you're writing, do you use any special writing software? Or- yeah, so
0: I actually composed my book on Readsy. And I used Grammarly editing software to help me with punctuation and mm-hmm. spelling, basic things like that. And ReadZ helped me organize everything into chapters. It helped me with my title page and table of contents page. When you're done composing everything on Readsie, you can actually typeset your book so that it's ready for publishing.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a program you can just download.
0: So ReadZ is available online. You just have to sign up. It is free and it connects you to editors uh, and other other services, book cover artists, things like that. So those services you need to pay for. But if you just want to sign up for free, you can compose your book on Rezzy.
1: So once you'd composed your book, how did you get it published? Yes. Yeah, so once I had my manuscript
0: finished and it was typeset and ready to be printed, I chose to self-publish for a couple of reasons. I did, I did initially try the traditional publishing route, and I sent out query letters to different publishers, and I did send my manuscript to different publishers. I did get rejected, (laughs) and uh, other times I didn't hear back, and it, and that process can take a really long time. Yes. You know, it can take a couple of years, and and for me, I really wanted to get my story out there and so I decided that self-publishing was the best option. So I decided to go with a company called Ingram Spark and they're actually a distributor as well. Their model is based on a print-on demand. So you're not stuck with a bunch of copies of books that you can't get rid of. Um, instead, when someone is interested in purchasing your book, that's when the the company prints a copy of it. So it's really efficient and environmentally friendly that way. You don't have excess stock. They're a global distributor, so I was able to get my book all across the world. There's been copies sold in Germany, Great Britain, the U. S. as well as Canada.
1: That's fantastic.
0: And what was what was the name of the company again? Uh, Ingram Spark. What does literary success look like to you? Literary success. So I think for me, I didn't become a writer to make a lot of money or um, even sell that many books, to be honest. <laughs> but I think literary success is having a finished product that you can be proud of. You know that that is true to you. And at least for me, being a memoir, it was a, it was a very personal story that I that I shared. So I think for it to be successful, I think just Having it resonate even with one person, if it helps somebody who's going through something similar, that to me is what success looks like for for my book have you gotten feedback from people? Actually, yeah, the response has been really positive. I received messages from family and friends who purchased the book and, you know, they they knew me, but they had no idea the things that I went through. Mm -hmm. And I think it really changed their perspective and really helps them get to know me a little bit better and also help them understand the condition a little bit better, too. So the feedback has been really positive and I'm really thankful that it was.
1: How do you think being a writer
0: has helped you as a person? I think it takes a lot of vulnerability to put yourself out there as a writer, um, especially when you're sharing a memoir and it's your personal story. So I think it's helped me become more confident about my story and sharing it with others, not necessarily through the book, but even just in conversation. I've become more of an advocate for mental health opening up those conversations with others and recognizing when others
1: may need to talk about things it helps to kind of destigmatize it's still a very hush hush topic isn't it
0: yeah so i think for me the some of the feelings that i had associated with it such as you know shame and not wanting to share that side of me those those have obviously turned around into more positive emotions
1: so it's helped you feel more empowered Yes. Yeah, definitely. Can you share some details of your personal journey to wellness?
0: Yeah. So my personal journey to wellness started off probably around the time I I was diagnosed with a mental illness, which is horrible to say. You shouldn't wait to be diagnosed to help (laughs) yourself. But that's kind of when I realized, like, oh, I need to make some serious changes in my life. So I, I used to drink more often than I do now. So I've cut back on drinking which has really been helpful for my mental health mm-hmm. and wellness. And I focused a lot more on who I had in my life for supports, who is giving me support rather than taking from me. So it really had to reevaluate my my social circle. You know, which has led me to a really supportive group of family and friends now that I have some experience with that. Initially it was a little bit hard to get started on that journey of wellness. Beyond that, you know, I I always adhere to my medications that are prescribed by my by my doctors and you know, I try to be active and eat well and of course sleep, sleep is so important. Sleep's maybe the number one thing that I prioritized besides my medications to help me really stay well and mentally healthy.
1: What do you find is the most challenging thing about looking after your mental health?
0: I think the most challenging thing is that it's something that once you feel better, you still have to stick with it. You know, it's easy just to, to say like, oh, I'm cured or I'm, I'm well now and just let something slide. But I think being really consistent is key. Not giving in to certain things just because things are improving or, or you feel that they're better
1: now. So I guess letting one thing kind of slide can lead to almost like a landslide.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, I think.
1: Um, sets you back yeah
0: like not taking things for granted just because things are good now like sticking with it and being
1: consistent I think is really important. okay well, thank you. <laughs> Let's ask you a couple of lighter questions okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite genre to read and why? okay, so this might be a little bit lame, but
0: <laughs> I do I do really like to read nonfiction. I have a degree in sociology and I find that books about that, genre really interesting books about different types of people i guess or society i find them really interesting and i guess because i'm a lifelong learner i just prefer to read non fiction i feel like when i read fiction it's a great escape but i also feel like it's a waste of my time sometimes <laughs> so at least when i'm reading non fiction i'm i'm getting use out of it but that's my own personal
1: opinion no no shade to anyone who likes fiction i've heard that from a few people actually <laughs> I I find with nonfiction, I find it easier to listen to it as like an audio book. Mhm. What's what's your preference? Do you like, you know, an actual paper book or um a
0: I guess it depends. I'm really I'm open to other methods of or other material types. Um I like Audiobooks on the road, like when a, when we go on a trip, sometimes we'll put on an audiobook. I think for me personally, just a paper book is probably the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would be team paper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be just strictly paper, but I find um, with my ADHD, it's sometimes really hard to not just read the same part over and over. And an audiobook is good when I'm tidying or taking the dog for a walk. I'm getting through a lot more books. Yeah, and it's whatever works for you, right? Well, we did all the questions. Is there anything else you wanted to?
0: Yeah, I guess if you're interested in purchasing a copy of the book, it's available in ebook or paperback. You can get the ebook on Amazon, and I recommend getting the paperback on Indigo. And thank you so much, Simone, for having me on the show.
1: Well, thank you. And this, this is just an amazing work of courage writing this book that's so vulnerable, so open. And thank you so much for doing that. I know that's going to benefit so many. Thanks, Simone. You brought um, a few bits of information about the Canadian Mental Health Association. I thought they were really interesting. There were some facts here.
0: Yes, everyone has mental health. I think mental health and mental illness are often used interchangeably, but it's important to note that they're not the same. So mental health is always there and may be positive or negative, negative. Mm-hmm. and mental illness and substance use disorders, however, often affect a person's ability to function over a long period of time. So remember, someone without a mental illness could experience poor mental health, just as a person living with mental illness could experience excellent mental health. So the presence or absence of a mental illness is not a predictor of good mental health. Mental health is part of every one of us and in all areas of our lives. We bring it with us to our workplace, schools, our hobbies, and our recreational activities, and our places of worship. Everywhere we go in our communities, our mental health is with us. Everyone deserves to have the right supports and resources available to foster good mental health. Mental illnesses and substance use disorders are caused by a complex interplay of genetic, biological, personality, and environmental factors. They are characterized by alterations of thinking, mood, or behavior associated with significant stress and impaired functioning.
1: One third of people in Canada will experience a mental illness or substance use disorder in their lifetime.
0: But with the right support, people with mental illnesses or substance use disorders can and do thrive. Just as we take care of our physical health, there are many ways we can help take care of our mental health. Do you practice mindfulness or
1: journal only? Yeah, I
0: do practice mindfulness. Probably not as often as my therapist thinks they should, but um, yes, uh, I think you can be mindful in just the activities that you do. Just trying to focus on one thing at a time and not multitask is a big one. We all fall victim to multitasking, especially at work, but I think just focusing intently on an activity like brushing your teeth, counting every tooth or Feeling the sensations that you feel while you're brushing your teeth, like that's an act of mindfulness. Yeah, I think incorporating it into your day-to-day activities is a way to practice it for sure.
1: What do you do to be kind to yourself? Because I know for me, it's it's really easy for me to kind of have a bad day with mental health, and then just if I heard someone talking, to someone the way, I talk to myself mm-hmm. be like you, you're such a jerk, you know.
0: Yeah, that is so true. And it's so hard to stay kind and give yourself grace. I think, you know, having what you said, if if it was another person treating you that way or talking to you that way, our our inner monologues sometimes are the harshest. So I think having those positive thoughts is really important. And then also just taking care to rest and to recover and forgive yourself when you don't have good days.
1: One more thing I wanted to ask you. Okay is in regards to mental health in stories, movies. Do you have any particular titles? or? Oh yeah, thanks for that question.
0: I do. I have a favorite book of mine, which was came to me at a time in my life when I was very new to mental illness and bipolar. It's called An Unquiet Mind, A Memoir of Moods and Madness by Dr. K. Redfield Jameson. And it's Really outstanding. It's a first-hand experience with bipolar one disorder, uh, the same disorder that I have. But it's written by uh, a leader in the field of psychiatry. So this is someone who is a clinical psychologist who is practicing, highly regarded in the field. And she writes about having this disorder and wanting to hide it from her colleagues and hiding it from her patients. And it's it was a really fascinating read. It came out in I think 97 so it's it's been out for a while but I've since gone back to it and whenever I'm feeling a little bit down it kind of gives me hope that there's someone out there who you know is so successful also lives with the condition. I also wanted to mention because this came up a lot when I was talking about mental health with paramedics and doctors for some reason this film always came up and it was the movie Inside Out. Oh yeah. Which everyone I'm sure has seen but it's the Pixar movie mm-hmm. about different emotions. It's such a great representation of different emotions that we all feel and when we have one that's too strong it can maybe lead to mental illness or represent different mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's showing that it's good to have a balance of emotions <laughs> and not not one in particular, but I really love that movie and I think it's so cute and it reminds me to take care of myself.
1: Yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, It's good for all ages too. You can start discussions and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a good introduction to, to the emotions and mental health. Definitely, yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Danielle. This has been great. Thank you so much, Simone. Like Danielle said, if you would like to get her book, you can order it through Indigo, the paperback version, or digitally on Amazon. Well, that is it for our return episode. Uh, Our next episode, we'll talk a bit more about the summer reading program, and I will have another special guest, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.